Welcome to the Back Shoulder Fade, the Running Hook Sports Betting Podcast with Caleb Lynn and Zach Griffin. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Back Shoulder Fade uh, with myself, Caleb Lynn, hosting Zach Griffith, co-host. Not able to make it uh, this week. Uh, He's he's enjoying vacation. Uh, like, uh, like, uh, you know, and look, we, we, uh, we enjoy, hope he, hope he has a great vacation. I'm not even going to diss him. I was going to, and I'm not, uh, we hope he has a great vacation. I guess the only thing I will say is I think he's going to be dead last in the, uh, the futures, Alex, what do you think? I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. You know, I think, um, his optimism on the thunder while, you know, while he showed a lot of determination, <laughs> let's say, yes, he did. Um, I think. He might have underestimated the rest of the West. I very much agree. And I and it's it'll be fun to kind of check in on those throughout the year. And obviously, um, the basketball season, I mean, just so, so close upon us, Alex. And, and we got, you know, even college basketball coming up and in the, in the next month, Zach and I are going to be doing a college basketball betting episode Ooh, that's fun. Uh, coming into next week. So we're, we're pretty pumped about what's going on at the back shoulder fade. Lens Sandy keeps doing its thing. Um, and, and we're just going to keep it rolling tonight, Alex. And, you know, we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Got a lot we want to talk about, but I guess let's just start with, we touched on Alex. We touched on a lot of over unders and I love those conversations a lot. It's just I love talking about stuff like that because it talks. You can make the conversation go a hundred different ways uh, based off the team, and then you can explain logics of why they're going to win, not going to win, or how it might distract them, or all this kind of stuff. Uh, but tonight we got we're going to do some season awards. We're going to do some season awards, uh, some interesting value plays, um, and and so. You know, I, I'll start off here while Alex takes a look. And th- there have been a couple that um, have stuck out to me. Uh, there, there have been a couple uh, because I think there's a couple. There, there's some things I'm looking for, Alex. And and I'm looking for and I'm going to do with most improved first. I, I've been I've been eyeing most improved for a while. Um, I just, I've been curious to see what some of these guys are. I mean, Bridges is obviously it's a candidate that people feel I can get there. Uh, Max, he's a candidate, uh, Jordan Poole's candidate, but I'm going to throw a long shot at a guy that, you know, Alex, I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, if he makes an all-star game, I wouldn't even be shocked, uh, at 30 to one. I'm going to, I'm going to look at Walker Kessler. I'm going to look at Walker Kessler. I think Walker Kessler at 30 to one. If you're in at any shape, way, or form on this Utah team, I, I feel like, Alex, a guy like Walker Kessler is going to have to be a level better than what this Utah, you know, than what they were last year. And he's going to have to show it in ways that the maligned center that he replaced, <laughs> Rudy Gobert, showed, which is uh, be a very good defensive anchor. Uh, it can show improvements offensively, uh, can can give this team something down low. And, you know, I'm not in love necessarily with Utah, but I think the 30 to one there on a guy like Kessler is very intriguing. I think that's a good pick. I What if I told you I went more, I went even deeper. Let's do it. On most improved. 
Okay. Um, but let me let me just say I like your pick. Um, the logic is sound, you know, especially with those odds. Those are pretty good odds, I have to say. I think mine's more of a long shot for most improved. But if you want to actually like take a shot on a guy who, you know, Caleb, you know, I have a ton of stock in this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a ton of stock in him since he had a game winner in the final four. I Jalen Suggs at 75 to one. That name caught my eye because everyone's projecting Orlando to be really good this year. I don't think he'll win. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he'll win given who the award's traditionally going gone to. That's why it's a really long shot, you know, 75 to one. Mm-hmm. But I think you throw $5 on that. Win what? I don't even know what you would win. You'd win a lot of money. (laughs) Jalen Suggs actually won. Um, And he's got a lot of physical tools. He just needs to put it all together. And I, you know this, I believe he's got the IQ to put it all together. It's just a question of wit of win, not if, in my humble opinion. Um, I have a six man bet for you. I think this one's less of a long shot. Um, Eric Gordon, 37 to one. Now, the rub on this is he needs to stay healthy. He needs to stay healthy. Wow. But I didn't see that one. Wow. It's, I feel like it's good. He's going to have the ball a lot. Because they don't have... One thing they don't really have, like despite you know, the three high-profile ball handlers on their team, is they're going to need like someone to actually like handle and distribute the ball. So he's going to have the ball a lot. Which, as you know, is a prerequisite really to winning six man of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of surprised the odds are so low. Um, yeah, maybe it is the health because he's not really been, you know, like even in his Houston days, he wasn't like prime Houston days. He wasn't, you know, a stickler for staying on the court, neither in New Orleans nor, you know, Los Angeles. He hasn't really been a modicum of health. But if he plays 65 games, I think he has a pretty good shot. Real shot. I like that a lot. I, I, it's a really, really sound bet. And if you're in on the Suns, that this would be a way to, to do that rather than, you know, cause right now they're just so overwhelmingly and rightfully so a team that people think right. can make the finals and they've got big names, but this is an interesting way to do it. Um, because like you said, Alex, I think if he were to win it, it would be because of a lot of what's around him. And on top of that, They'd be an extremely successful team. So I, I really like that play. Um, the other play I really like, Alex, and I, I he, he's been around this conversation for a long time as a sixth man. He's just a guy that's been doing it for a long time. He can get buckets in many ways. Um, I, I kind of like Levert for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, if you know, he showed a lot of promise. And I think on a full, I'd like, I'm really excited to see him this year with this Cavs team because like I'll be honest like so many of those guys just really hid from the spotlight and if there's one thing we know about LeVert that's not what he does and the team the team for the most part can be a group who who achieves and gets better and there's a couple variables obviously how much does Strews play and how much does that affect his minutes but I don't know. I like that at 25 to one. Um, Cause I think, I think the East Alex is going to be 
that middle middle of the East, especially as we talked about on the over under pod, has so much potential to go a thousand different ways, and anything like that available at twenty five, you know, at that twenty five thirty range. You know, I mean, there's some intrigue there. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not in love with the favorites this year. I don't necessarily see a world where, I, I, I'll be honest, I just don't see a world where Norman Powell wins six man of the year because I think it's possible he might have to start. And I don't think it's a possible, and I think, I mean, I don't think Malik Monk. Probably not. He got so much shine last year in the playoffs. Um, no thanks to Chris Paul at 19. No thanks. He's probably going to um, start a lot of games too. Brogdon, like, that's just not really doing anything for me. Drew, I mean, there's rumors of him being the Essex man, Alex. I just, you're going to have to show me. <laughs> you're right. going gonna to have to show me. He's too good to me to be a sixth man, um, which in turn makes Derek White's value not great. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think the 30 to 1, that 25 to 30 range, it has a lot of intrigue for me in six man. Well, and that, another name in that range too, who I think so quickly, I think being the favorite makes sense. He had a lot of hype last year. He probably should have won if we're being honest. Sure. sure. He was pretty sure. good. Although again, you could argue he was better as a starter, but semantics. Um, I think Josh Hart is a name that a lot of voters will fall in love with. And at hmm. 34 to one, hmm. um, I, you know, I'm not like the hugest fan of his game. I think he brings a lot to the table, but he also takes a lot off of it, which is why he's a six man, not a starter. Um, I think that's a guy too, especially with the New York media machine. Yeah. I think there's a chance, you know, yeah. and Tibbs is going to love playing hard off the bench. He is going to absolutely just be like, wow, here's a guy. We can just play him 38 minutes off the bench. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and I think that's the yeah, that's gonna be a part of it as well. Um, just whether or not, you know, because I mean the Knicks could go so many different ways. They've got a great roster. They've that's the only, you know, I agree he'd be the perfect sixth man type of guy for Thibodeau. Um and yeah, they have so much depth. I mean, I it's tough for me to bet on a Nick. It would be yeah. tough for me to bet on a Nick because I mean, and this is going to sound bad, and it's not. They have so many guys you can exchange from starter to bench, given who you play, and are good enough to do that, that you don't, and and I would say flexible enough in their playing style to do that, to where you don't necessarily have to fall in love with the same guys coming off the bench all the time. At least that's my fear with betting a Nick. Well, it's like that. Remember that one year when uh, Clarkson and Ingles were both like oh, really high contenders? Yeah. Or Harrell and Williams. I mean, it, it was better for that duo because, you know, they were like a pick and roll tandem. Sure. So, you sure. know, but Hart and Quickly, you know, they're not they're both on the perimeter. You know, they're probably both going to be taking shots away from each other. That's a good concern to have, I'd say. Um, can I hit you with some defensive player of the year odds? Go for it. That, so, I don't think it's going to be like real long shot heavy, right? Like, I don't think let's scroll down the list. Like, I don't think Herb Jones is going to win defensive player of the year, but what if it's okay. First of all, Walker Kessler, who you brought up earlier, 22 to one pretty good odds. I'll think if the jazz have a decent defense, agreed, you know, 
He's a pretty good defender already. You could see him <laughs> taking a second year jump. Um, Victor Wembanyama. I like the odds on him here better than I like the odds for rookie of the year. 14 to one. It's not like stunning <laughs> odds, but you know, I don't think, he, again, I don't think he'll win. Especially because he's a rookie and I don't know how many games he'll actually play. But you know, it's a interesting proposition. And then the one that really catches my eye. Rudy Gobert has great odds. <laughs> yeah. And if does. the Timberwolves have a top five defense. He's one. Jaden McDaniels is a great defender. One small forward cannot do all that for you. It's going to be on the back of Rudy Gobert. So at 20 to one. Him getting one final defensive player of the year on his way out. I, I think it's pretty. I don't think it'll happen. I think the voters are go bear fatigued, but at that odds, if you just like put a small bet on it, you know, you have pretty good odds of winning. So I like your, I like your chances, especially when the voters, you know, have historically been like, oh man, look at the metrics when Rudy Gobert's on the floor. Look at the metrics when Rudy Gobert's on the floor. So I'll take, I think that's my favorite one of the defense player of the year. Cause it's not like, like a lot that. of the long shots are grabbing me. You know, I love a lot of the long shots defensively, but it's like, I don't think, you know, Kevin Durant's at 12 or 120 to one, <laughs> you know, fat chance he wins defensive player of the year. Um, Tari Eason. Turner at 60. I, is he going to play enough? Fair. There's, I think there's some valid questions. Is Fair. he going to play enough? Fair. You know, like, Fair. will the Pacers defense be good enough. Like last year, the Pacers defense was, I don't even think in the top 20. So you don't think so, it'll go up enough. You don't think it'll go up because he's always depends. been so good. Yes. I feel like if he, if, if, if their defense was really good collectively, then I There's, think the national praise would go to Turner, which means that the votes might go to Turner. I can see it. The problem is I don't, you know, I like Bruce Brown as a pickup for them. Sure. But Matherin's not a great defender yet, and I don't expect him to get much better in year two. I think that'll be a slow year-over-year build. Halliburton, not anyone's idea of a good defender, and I don't think ever will be. Um, The interesting thing is going to be at that four spot. Because I think Toppin and... um, is Walker. Toppin and Walker are both project to be good defenders, but haven't... You know, obviously Walker's a rookie. And... Toppin hasn't really done that yet, but Toppin's also had his playing time limited by playing with Julius Randle. So theoretically, you could have a good defense. I think if they're top seven, he gets serious consideration. Now, here's a guy I like. I don't think he'll ever play enough games to win Depoy. Mitchell Robinson. I think he's a great defender, but I don't think he'll ever, I don't think he'll ever play enough games. Like, I don't think he'll ever be healthy enough. To win, especially now with this new rule. Yeah. There's just right. no way. I don't think you'll ever get to 65. Right. But he's, in my opinion, one of the best center defenders in the league. I, I wouldn't put money on him. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I'm not, I'm with you though on defensive player of the year. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really love any of those odds at the top. It's just if you were like, hey, like, like, I, I, I do agree with you, Uncle Bear. I do agree with you, Uncle Bear. The pro, the, the, and you're right. The issue would be fatigue, but no question about it. This team had be, has the ability to be a top five defense. 
and he's the floor for that defense. And I think people, you know, they might go to McDaniels, credit McDaniels. They might credit Edwards or shoot. They might say Towns is improved, but the Timberwolves, for the most part, I think people are going to look at, yeah, in a way that's sluggish. But I do think those odds are interesting. And you would be relying on Edwards' hype to maybe get you out of the funk of betting a defensive player of the year on Minnesota. But that's that's an interesting one. I, I did. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. I appreciate that. Um, the last one that I have, um, a couple things. Actually, that's not really one I have. I just really want to talk about it with you. Okay. Um, because I just think the Mark Dagonal value is stupid. What's he value? I just think it's stupid. He's the favorite. Um, He's the favorite at plus 750. Yeah, I Um, like that. I I don't get it. I think you're looking at. Is there any uh, is there any that really stood out to your attention? And I guess the other question for me is like, you don't think I'm crazy for being like, how in the world is he the favorite? He at, the best that, at the best Oklahoma City can do, in my opinion, in the West is middle and the back. He should have won last year. I think over Brown. I think so. I, they wow. had no expectations coming into the year. I, wow. Brown did a great job, but I think everyone was kind of like, oh, like they were sneakily like, oh, we expect them to get to the playoffs. So huh. in kind of an unfair way, I am holding that the expectations against him a little bit. But I think Dan- Dagnall, I'm just going to say Dagnall, he did such a great job last year. I think last year, if there was a year for him to win it, them winning 40 games was kind of out of nowhere, especially with no center. Like they had such insurmountable odds. This year, they actually have expectations, which is why I agree. This is terrible. He should not be the favorite. No, um, no. Because, by the way, just um, I, we don't really need to talk about rookie of the year. The only rookie worth betting on that's not Victor is going to be Chet. I agree. There's no other. We don't really even need to talk about it, but I just thought no. I'd point that out. Yeah. Um, a coach that I like in terms of odds, you and I were talking about this guy. Actually, earlier today, give me Quinn Snyder at 20 to one Mm. because there's a world Mm. where they get home court in the first round when, let's say, 48 games. Mm. You win 48 games. Let's just give them 50. You win 50 games. You get home court in the first round Mm. after. Being the seven seed last year, I mean, you were technically the AC, but who's counting? Um, that's a massive improvement. So I think he's got wow, pretty like good that. odds. I really like. I knew that. you would. I knew you would. And then, well, I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in basketball. Truth be told, I think so too. He's just underrated. Really, maybe Mosley, but I don't think it's going to be him. That'd be an I, interesting one. But you're I right. Just, I don't know if it would be either. I think, you know, like the mind goes to Chris Finch, but at the same time, you know, I feel like people got over him last I year, which wasn't really I, fair I, to him. I, yeah, agree. Um, bigger staff won't win. There's a chance they give it to Michael Malone. I wouldn't be 1000% sure of that. Huh. I'll huh. say, 
Lou at 30 to 1. If he can avoid the play in, I think that's going to be pretty impressive, all things considered. So that's, I think that's just one to look out for. But are there any others that are catching your eye? Jason Kidd at 15 to 1, more like 150 to 1. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, that's a joke. Outside of like, I don't love Carlisle's value. I don't love his value. I don't love. um, I like Frank a lot, but I don't love. I I um, I I wouldn't bet it. I think I think the I it's an interesting one on Lou at thirty. That's I agree. That's a pretty good little bet there, Um, especially if you're pro Clipper this year. Um, That's that's a really nice bet. Um, I, I think there's some value looking into the 20s and into the 30s with some guys because I'm not as I'm not as thrilled on the top like Adrian Griffin, right? Like one year coaching. I just don't see how that's going to get you. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see how that's going to get you coach of the year. Not to mention you're betting on a first year head coach at nine to one. I just. I just don't like that. I don't care for that. Mike Brown, I mean, you could sit here and tell me Mike Brown was a first-year Kings coach. Sure, but he had in, in very solid NBA coaching experience going into that job. This is just a different person, different candidate-level guy here. Um, and I honestly don't think Joe Mazzulla will win it at all uh, because I just don't think that's where the credit's going to go. I think the credit's going to go to, honestly, Brad Stevens. I don't think the credit, the credit's going to go to Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens is the one that stayed patient with him. Brad Stevens is the one that built the roster around him. Brad Stevens got rid of the players that Missoula got, uh, didn't get along with. And I, I don't necessarily think that's going to reward you well in coach of the year. Maybe I'm wrong. though. Here's, here's one that caught my eye real quick before um, we move on. Yeah. How about Taylor Jenkins? Because think about Enjoy, it. Love it. Love it. My one pushback on Taylor Jenkins is I feel like he's constantly mentioned at the top of so many smart basketball minds that as weird as it sounds, I think there'd be some fatigue already in there. Because yeah. I think people really give him, I think people really give him his props. That's just my view of it. That's just my view. I think if but you win, so let's say you win what would be like the fifth seed in the West? Like 48 wins? So let's say you I get like to 48. That. Yeah, I like that. You get to 48 with no job, mm-hmm. with integrating, you know, a new player into your system. Mm-hmm. You know, presumably Jaron's going to have like a new role the first 25 games of the season. You don't really know who your main shot creator is going to be. Like, this is uncharted territory for you with no job or Tyus Jones. Yeah. yeah. Like, Tyus Jones was such a capable ship runner. Without yeah. job. Now you don't, yeah. you took away your safety net, which I think is exciting for this bet. You know, I think if you were going to put money on it, that would kind of be my logic and be like, okay, hey, you're taking away Jenkins' safety net. Let's see if his, you know, Budenholzer system will hold up to the scrutiny that's, you know, oh, we're missing our best player. 
we still were pretty good the last few. They weren't as good last year, but they were pretty good the few years before that. Let's see if, you know, if they go 14 and 11, let's say, without Ja, I think he becomes a front runner right then and there. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Interesting to check their progress without Ja. Um, and Lord knows he's not going to play all 57 games. Ja's not because he gets hurt too much. So he'll probably play, Ja will probably play 48 games, let's say. If I had to put a number on it, I'm going to go 50. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I think I'll take. If the Grizzlies can go 20 and 12 without Ja, which is pretty good. That's like a title team pace. (laughs) So maybe too high of expectations. If they could just go, let's say 500 without Ja and play the pace they normally play at with him. Right. I think that's pretty, pretty good case for him right there. Interesting. Interesting. Well, like I said, we, we, we did the NBA over under pod uh, last week. Uh, please don't be afraid to check that out. A lot of good content on there. Um, and the odds I feel just as good about uh, in terms of, and, and to be, you know, I think we all had good drafts. I mean, I didn't get, I did give Zach some crap, but we all had good drafts. I like our picks. I like, I, I felt very similar to a lot of what they bet um, in the sense of just like, if I had to like lean a reaction, like that's where I would lean. Um, I got two of my favorite, like my two favorite bets on the entire board that I have bet that I have put down are on my five. Um, so I'm very thrilled that those are the ones that I got. We'll see. We'll see where it goes uh, from there. Next up, uh, Alex, let's get into the same game parlay for Thursday night. Uh, we got a four legger. Um, we got, uh, I'll start with Zach's real quick. Uh, you know, as he's on vacation, uh, Zach, you know, it's so funny to be Alex, because this is a guy <laughs> who he just absolutely killed, destroyed, thought he wasn't very good, thought he was getting the ball too much and not letting other guys get touches. And here he is betting him, I believe two times this season in our same game parlays. In Travis Etienne over 22 and a half receiving yards. Um, when I talked with him, uh, just a little bit, obviously he's on vacation, but basically to give him a summary, whatever happens at quarterback, which it looks like Trevor's not going to play. It seems that's the case. Jacksonville signed a guy again, kind of like in the practice squad. I don't feel like you do that unless you know that you need to find a backup, um, a healthy backup at that. And so I think he's looking at it as, okay, like if Trevor's healthy, fine. I mean, Travis took the ball. If CJ's healthy, maybe they don't push down the field. And if they don't push down the field, then maybe Travis gets open. He gets one or two plays. Um, so I like that. I, that was his logic there. Uh, Alex, what about you? Uh, what, what's, what's got your eye on uh, Thursday night football? So I'm also going with Travis Etienne, but I'm going to go with a different route. I'm going to take his over for rushing yards. And I know the Saints have a stout um, rushing defense, by the way, the over-under is uh, 66 and a half. Um, But I feel like with the amount of volume he's bound to get in this game due to C.J. Beathard's, you know, lack of quality, let's say, (laughs) to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, 
even if he just rushes for three yards of carry, let's say he rushes it 20 times, he's still going to be right on the doorstep. So, and he's, you know, he's going to break a couple off. He's too good not yeah. to. So, yeah. 20 times statistically, you're going to have to get to 67 if you're as good as Travis Etienne is. So, I'm going to take that. And he's probably, you know, I'm not going to jinx it, but I, I feel good about that one. Nice one. I like it. I mean, he's obviously, you're right. I mean, they get the ball to him enough times. Yeah. The expectation should be that he could get uh, 60, 67, 68, 70 yards. Um, next up for me, I'll, I'll do mine before we get into our last one. Uh, Alvin Kamara over 29 and a half. Jaguars give up a lot of uh, running back catches. Uh, we saw that. So that's last receiving week. yards, right? Yes. Yes. 29 and a half receiving yards. We saw that Jonathan Taylor uh, had a couple, had a couple plays. Uh, on this Jaguars defense in the passing game. Uh, I mean, Kamara's one of the best receiving backs of all time. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, so, I mean, if he's able to do it, I'd expect similar success. James Cook, 25 uh, against against them. Uh, you know, and you, you start looking through the, you know, B. John with 32. They're all hitting a similar number here. And I'm just betting on one of the greatest receiving backs of all time to have another game like this. I mean, he's very close. He he's been on the precipice, Alex. He just recently broke some records from the Saints. I feel like, you know, when they're at home, there could be a cool opportunity for them to do that. They've been on the road the last two weeks. Um and I mean there could be a nice little opportunity there maybe for for some some Alvin Kamara fandom uh to show out uh in in New Orleans at the Superdome. Uh, Thursday night at 17. And lastly, uh, Bryce uh, went with Derek Carr. Went with Derek Carr, one and a half passing touchdowns. And to be honest with you, I love it. I, I, I love it. I love the bet. Uh, I thought it was an outstanding pick, and I told him so, and that says a lot. And I look at what Derek Carr did, and and I just, I, I agree with, you know, he's, he's, he's due. He is due for a two-touchdown game. They had some unfortunate luck uh, against the Houston Texans and, and Bryce and I will talk about that. Just unbelievable. All the opportunities they had, you look at the stats in that game, they dominated the statistical categories. They just couldn't finish. Um, and then their field goal kicker missed a couple kicks. They just flat out shouldn't have been missed. So look, the way that I see it here is I think, I think Carr could throw on this defense and Bryce does too. And we got that at plus money, one and a half at plus money, plus one sixteen. You add it up together. 1131. You put the profit boost together. That's 1696. You throw $10 on it. You win $170. We're, 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 we are, uh, currently right now, uh, we are two and three, two and three on the year. I'd like to jump back up to 500. I'm not mad at two and three, Alex. We can do way worse than two and three. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay <laughs> with it. You and I have been doing this every week. Um, and, and so, you know, and I try to put in a little bet on it every week. I mean, I, I, uh, I enjoy it. I'm going to put a bet on in this one and, uh, we'll see where it goes. See where it yeah. goes. I think, um, the only one I have some reticence on is Carr, just cause, you know, we've been bullish on his, uh, performance this season. I don't think it's his fault necessarily. I think there's a lot of things wrong with the Saints, but hey, you know, maybe he is due. I'm not going to put it past us. Let's go. Let's go three and three. We need to even the yeah, on the slate. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. 
Um, and that kind of leads us into this next slate of games, Alex. A um, couple games that I like. I know you didn't have, you know, tremendous amount of reads. And if you do, go for it. But uh, I, I'll say this. There's, a, there's some games I like on the board this week. Um, I'll start with the one I love. I've texted you about it. I can't shut up about it. <laughs> I can't shut up about it at all. Um, and it's the Chargers plus six. And I'm probably taking the money line. I, I think I think this Chargers team, look, I get it. People people weren't happy about, you know, the end of that game against Dallas. They they killed Herbert. And I get it, rightfully so. Um I I, I wouldn't even panic. Like I think this is the type of team. I think there's a lot of talent on this team. And I understand the coaching aspect of this team is is not what you want it to be. It's a suspect. Right, but let's look at this Chiefs team—a Chiefs team that, that just be honest, Alex, that, that offense is just not right. It's just not right. You can sit here all you want and say that they made enough plays. You can sit here and tell me that they're doing enough to get over the win, but this is not the same offense. This is an offensive line that gives up holding penalties and false starts like it's free. They're going to have to face <laughs> the Chargers defensive line, who has put a ton of pressure on teams over the last three weeks. I think they're going to continue to have that type of success. I like the fact that they are coming off the bye. Second week off the bye, they're going to be somewhat fresh. I just, there's a lot, Alex, that I, I understand that Reed has a long, you know, prep day going from that Thursday against Denver to this, but there's something about that plus six and now it's five and a half to where it intrigues me. And to be honest, I I would tell anyone, I, I cannot imagine. I think the public will smash this number. I think they'll smash the Chiefs at five and a half. And I just wait till you get it to six. I mean, if if, it, if it's six again, <laughs> b- uh, bet it, bet it, because I like that plus six. Uh, I, I and I'm just going to go on the money line just because I'm. I think they're always close with them. They're always close. They always play close, and uh, I just think there's a lot of value there if you can get it at two hundred. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. Um... It's going to be pretty interesting. You know how I feel about division games. I don't think that spread should be that big, first and foremost. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just how L.A. comes out and approaches this game. I almost said San Diego out of habit. I'm I'm not like full-fledged Zach where I do it out of spite. I just, you know, sometimes forget. Um, Yeah, Zach. Zach, exactly. Zach just says it out of spite. I'm not I'm not yeah. that bad, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Um. I think the Chargers, like you made a ton of great points. I just feel like, again, I chalk it up to, okay, this is a division game. These two teams play each other all the time. They know each other super well. Even if the Chargers defense is lackluster, let's say, the Chiefs offense is also lackluster. There is. It's not like it is anything, you know, this isn't 2017. Right. The Chiefs can still win. The Chiefs are winning games off their defense right now. Yes, they are. So, I don't know if I'd go like full bet on the Chargers money line, like you're suggesting. I'm sprinkling. I'd sprinkle. <laughs> sure. But I think the line, the Chargers covering, I think that's pretty safe to assume. I mean, yeah, the cookie, the icing, that's the plus six. All right. But the sprinkles that you put on the cookies. You want to make it a little exciting, a little <laughs> razzle dazzle. That's what is that what we're calling it? Is that what we're calling it? What I'm calling it. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> Next up, we got the Browns at the Colts. 
a two and a half point spread where I absolutely love the Browns. And I'm going to make Alex just hate himself right here. I mean, I just love the Browns. I love their defensive line against Gardner Minshew. I love their secondary against the Colts receivers. I love this, Matt. I think they're going to build off this. I hope, I think, I'm assuming Deshaun Watson might get back into the fold. If that's the case, unbelievable. Um, They're saying it's up in the air. They're talking about how he might be able to play. I will say this. If PJ Walker comes in, I don't, obviously I don't love them as a favorite. If PJ Walker comes in, I would uh, potentially stay. I would, I would just bet the under, I would just bet the under because 40 points with the, with those backup quarterbacks is atrocious. And just bet the under there. And, and uh, basically just say that they're two backup quarterbacks with solid defenses. Uh, but if Watson's coming back, I'm, I'm liking this two and a half. Uh, if not, uh, I, I and honestly, even if Watson is back, I still kind of like the under at 40. Um, that's a play that I like. Um, I'm gonna go really public here, and I'm just gonna say this I'm gonna make it uh, pretty quick. I think the Giants suck. I've written them off the cross off team, they got no good. The, 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 they're, they're looking towards the draft, uh, they might be giving Caleb Williams some ownership stake. I'll take the Washington football team at minus two and a half. Uh, team that I really, I really like against this banged up offensive line. Um, the Bills still got pressure on the Giants. It's just one of those things where, you know, the, the offense wasn't doing enough. I don't see the offense doing a whole lot against this Washington front. Granted, the secondary is not great of Washington, but I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll lay the two and a half there. Uh, Ravens minus three against the Lions. Give me that, please. I think that's a nice spot to bet Lamar Jackson. Uh, this Lions offense, look, they're hot. Uh, they're hot. Jared Goff outdoors hasn't been that great. Honestly, really wasn't that great, in my opinion, against Tampa. Uh, I just thought Baker uh, had a couple opportunities uh, that he really should have been able to put the nail in the coffin. Uh, and uh, somehow I didn't see it. And uh, that's a shame. Uh, Cardinal Seahawks laying the seven and a half. I'm going to lay that number. I'm going to lay it. I understand it's a divisional game, but I'm going to lay it on. Seven and a half. I think they could have had an opportunity against this Cardinals team or the Bengals last week. I I feel like they gave it away. I feel like they gave it away a ton at the end. Uh, And I just feel like this is a a Seahawks team that, you know, I trust their defense a lot more than I have in years past. And, you know, and the fact is, I think Josh Dobbs is just kind of showing us what he is. We saw a couple games where it looked like he could be something that was worth it. And I think it's possible, Alex, that they're already kind of moving on from Dobbs. They're trying to see the light that Kyler Murray might bring in. And if that's the case, like, you know, everyone's going to be more excited for that. Not a lot of people are going to be thinking about this game. So um, those were my top bets. Uh, Do you have any bets yourself, any lines that you like or any pushback to what I have? Well, so um, I pulled up the... Quick bets for the Browns Colts. Um, it's plus four ten for the first drive to end in a field goal. <laughs> I think that's pretty good odds right there, honestly, because it's not going to be a high scoring game in that game. No, it's not. So you know, I think that's a good bet to put down. I don't really object to anything you said. Um, all your picks made sense. I would say I don't think. I would just bet that Lions Ravens game is going to end up inside a three point somehow. 
I don't. The Lions have been way too scrappy this year. Um, I think it's. I just think the Lions have been really good. They are good. And they are good. I I understand why you would take the Ravens because I do think the Ravens are probably the better team. But still, I think the given the Ravens' offensive ineptitude again somehow, and then the Lions just general like oh we don't care. I think I would probably stay away from that one. But I don't again. I don't think the logic was bad. Here's a bet. I don't know how I keep coming back to this team. But the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three against the Los Angeles Rams. You like it? I like it. I don't know how. I always keep every time I come on here, I always find these Steelers lines that I like. But I just I feel like the Steelers defense, especially with no Kyron Williams, yeah, I agree. it's it's gonna be rough out there, man. Yeah, no, you're right. And I know I know the Steelers can't score. The Rams offense hasn't been really that great this year. It just really has been, I'm not going to say subpar, but this hasn't been like the peak of the McVay era in terms of their offenses. So I could see this being like a 14 to 12 slugfest again. It feels like every game the Steelers play is 14 to 12 somehow, some way. So that's when I like. The rest of these games, man, I just wouldn't touch the rest of them with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, they'll throw down one, two bets a week, you know, in terms of they got two games they really like, and that's what they're going to go for. That's oh, what sorry. the defense is for. I do go have ahead. one more. Okay, go ahead. I like the Falcons plus 2.5. All right, I, I think- want to hear it. So, do I think the Falcons are particularly great? No. Do I think the Buccaneers are better than the Falcons? Yes, I do. But, again, division games. I will always harp on this. Division games are weird. Yes, it's in Tampa Bay. But I feel like if there's a team that's going to come into your place and win, it's going to be a division opponent. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. So... The game's just going to be weird in and of itself. First, mm-hmm. like, we'll just start there. Yeah. But then Atlanta's not been bad this year. No. They've just, if they had a better quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got to say it. He's one of, he's the worst. Yeah. He's probably a, a bottom five he's starting the, quarterback in the NFL. He's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's the worst starting quarterback in the league. The worst. Okay, let me rephrase. I get it. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, though. With Reddit. Yeah. The worst week one starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. yeah. So I think that being said, he still won them some games. Um, that Houston win was pretty impressive. He did look pretty good on the two minute drive. So I think Atlanta could cover that line. I think they're a pretty strong team all around. <laughs> Could you imagine how good they'd be if they had a quarterback? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They'd probably be like a top team in the NFC if they actually had somebody competent at that position. Mm-hmm. That's that's neither here nor there. Um, I just feel like the Tampa Tampa's also not particularly great. 
I like them. I think they're good, but I don't think they're, you know, world beaters either. So give me Atlanta plus 2.5 to cover. Like that. Like that. Uh, moving on to some college football. You haven't talked college football in the last couple of weeks. A couple of teams uh, have had some losses. Uh, USC absolutely got destroyed uh, by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Shout out um, to Devin Voss. They, uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, they they pretty much took it to them. Pretty much eliminated Oregon, Washington, total nail biter um, with Washington taking the win off Oregon. Missing a last second opportunity. Um, I, 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 some, some interesting games. I wouldn't even look at those teams. I, honest to God, I think Oregon still has a realistic shot at potentially getting in the playoff. That you get in the playoff, Alex, with, with one loss, uh, in the Pac 12. I, I, genuinely, maybe even two teams, uh, can get into this conversation in the Pac 12, uh, given the way that the, uh, the, the, the year is folded. But anyway, uh, look, I, I'm going to get into it. I'm just going to rattle some off, and then we'll go from there. Uh, too many points. Too many points in Penn State, Ohio State for my liking. Look, I'm not the biggest Penn State guy on the planet Earth, but if you're going to give me four and a half, you're going to give me five, I'm going to be intrigued, Alex. I'm going to be intrigued. I don't think Penn State's necessarily uh, the better team, uh, but I, I just think it's a little high. Uh, and, you know, look, I, I got to see McCord kill somebody. I got to see McCord just... I mean, Alex, I got to see him dominate a top opponent to favor this offense by five points. Yeah. Let me, let I mean, me ask you a question. Yeah. Before you move on, because I know you yeah. said you want to rapid fire through these, but I feel like it's an important question. Go ahead. How big of a win do you feel like the Notre Dame win was for Ohio State? From a resume like, perspective, from a resume perspective, it's a nice win, right? But just how they won, I think, is really where the meaning is. The fact that they didn't have the prettiest game, but still found a way to manage it and get the job done. But I think Ohio State, Alex, has to come up with the statement win to really put themselves in position to solidify themselves, regardless of what's going to happen against Michigan, you know, if they lose. Okay. I mean, they have the last couple of years. So let's play this scenario. If they lose, they're going to need statement wins. And it's not a statement to beat Notre Dame by two seconds, Alex, when you probably shouldn't. Like it's not, it's not a state. There's no, this was a great win on Ohio State's schedule right now. I mean, look, I wor- I work with a co-host. He sits there and just keeps telling us, Marcus Freeman's <laughs> overrated. Sam Harmon is not good. Yada, yada, yada. So if he sits there and wants to make the excuse of no, I just think this Ohio State team needs a statement win. And I'm just going to have to see it. And if I lose because of that, great. But I think Penn State is just a little too much points there at four and a half or five. Uh, for my for my liking. Um, next up, I'm gonna lay an eight and a half with Tennessee. I'm gonna lay the half okay. of eight and a half. I'm gonna lay I an see. eight and a half. I I'm like it at all. Uh, I think they <laughs> hang in there. I I mean, I don't know if they're gonna beat them because I don't necessarily think that. I don't necessarily think they're gonna beat them. I just think eight and a half, nine points. Just does Alabama deserve to be favored by nine points on anybody? No. I guess that's my argument. Just. Just doesn't feel like they deserve it. Jalen Milrow doesn't feel like 
you know, while I do think uh, he's been ridiculously over criticized by Alabama fans, I think he, I think Alabama, in terms of eight and a half, nine points, I just can't get there with this group. And it's not just the offense. I can't get there with defense. Okay. And I, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, loving the eight and a half. I don't think they'll probably win the game, but the cover is interesting. Um, going through, going through, looking, looking. I got a couple games, Alex, uh, that came to my mind in the evening. In the okay. evening. Um, one of them is Clemson and Miami. Miami's dog. You can't have your coach do what he did. Okay. And expect. This team to just rally around it like there's nobody's business. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you're in Miami. Miami's Miami was a talented team. I liked Miami going in to that game against North Carolina. But my gosh, Alex, I mean, they just got killed in that game. They, they got killed in that game. They couldn't do anything in that game. There was no resilience. I think, I think they've given up on Cristobal. I think they've given up on Cristobal. I think Clemson's defense is disgusting. I somehow, some way, kind of sort of think uh, in terms of the ACC picture uh, that Clemson can still pull up a spoiler. And I, I, li- I like them against Miami on the road at plus three and what is just being frank, a non-existent home crowd. And lastly, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Utah, Utah, Utah plus seven. USC doesn't deserve to be seven over anybody. Okay, they don't deserve it over anybody. And I'm not in love with this Utah offense, Alex, but if you're going to give me seven points, I mean, my gosh. I mean, I don't necessarily think that they're seven points better than this Utah team and this Utah team. Not even at the Rose Bowl? No, God, no. Not with the friskiness that this Utah team has has with Willingham. No, I'm not not doing that. I'm I'm betting the seven on USC. I'm going to bet the plus seven with Utah. I'm going to feel comfortable about doing it. I mean, granted, I understand people are going to sit there and tell me the USC revenge spot. Let's look at that offensive line. Okay, <laughs> let's look at that offensive line. You tell me where Utah is going to look to attack. Okay, I mean, they're not going to make this some sort of 50 to 60 game. They're going to do something similar to what Notre Dame has. They're going to run the ball. They're going to, they're going to make them pay a little bit here. I mean, that, that's that's kind of my the games I would look for at the end. And I want to make one more comment just on a future, a team that I really like. I mean, I really like, and I think there's a world, a couple of First off, first off, let me, I like Florida state and I think Florida state's good. Okay. But I also think there's a world where Florida state might do a Florida state thing. So I think they're overvalued. Meanwhile, I think because of that, I think North Carolina is undervalued. North Carolina at plus 600 to make the college football playoff. In North Carolina, if you were dangerous as I am, I'm not going to be this dangerous, but a national championship that uh, I believe uh, would put you in a position where it's like, yeah, like 60 to one. You just want a long shot. Uh, I, people want to talk about USC, Alex. Talk about Caleb Williams, and rightfully so. He's an explosive quarterback. I think Drake May's underrated. And I thought at one point Drake May was overrated coming into the season. I think he's kind of underrated right now. People are trying to sit there tell me about Shadur Sanders, Alex. Trying to tell me about Caleb Williams, Alex. And Drake May is a first first round, <laughs> first round level quarterback. Yeah, and, but didn't they have Drake May? 
didn't they have Drake May going second before the season? Like, wasn't he consensus? Like, oh, it's going to be Caleb Williams first. Then sure, sure, and people it, were hyped on this guy, but I don't feel like the national college landscape is giving this team due diligence. I think they're just saying, oh, Drake May's a great quarterback. Let's put him in the top five of draft. And I'm saying, let's hold up. They got one of the best receiving transfers last year. He's a stud. He's back. He's a stud. He changes their offense. I see your point. It's just like, you know, college football media, the national media, they care about the Blue Bloods, right? They care about Texas. They care about Miami. They care about Nebraska somehow still, even though they haven't been good in God knows how long. Um, They care about those Blue Blood programs. So when a team like UNC has a guy like this, now you're right. Like I understand your point, but when a team like UNC has a guy like you know who's a stud like that, who's gonna probably go again second overall, if not second, he's gonna go top five. Um, they're just gonna ignore him because they don't care. The only time that a quarterback grips the national attention like that is when it's like Johnny Football. Yeah, and that's because he that man was driven charisma, like insanely. So. No doubt. It's just, you know, unfortunately, it's just the way the college football media sphere is, or it's just like, oh, hey, you know, Alabama's good again. Oh, hey, you know, Ohio State's good again. That's, they only care about the same, you know, 10 schools. But I think the beauty of college football is, oh, there's like 75 good schools at a time. And they all deserve coverage, maybe not equally. But why is Miami and, you know, right. Nebraska getting coverage when, you know, UNC is better? I think it's a fair question. So yeah, I agree. Uh, let me hit you with a line that I like. Yep, go for it. So Washington State is our eighteen and a half point underdogs to Oregon. Now Oregon's really good, like you were saying, mm-hmm. but Washington State's also pretty good themselves. Yeah, I like Washington State. I think that line's pretty high. <laughs> it's a little reaction. It yeah. is being. Is being played at Oregon. So, you know, understandably, the line's going to be a little higher. Mm-hmm. But I think Washington State's done a really good job this year. They deserve a ton of credit for how well they've played. And I think, I don't know, I just think that line's way too high. I think they deserve a little more respect then. The, the pushback, here, here's their issue. And I think, you know, the old, I mean, Arizona you know, beat this team 44 to six. And I think the reaction, (laughs) no, no, I'm just saying, I think that's where the reaction is. Talent wise. I agree. They're, they're a very talented group. And there was a reason they were in the top 25, um, you know, for most of the season. Um, Well, look, I don't think that's crazy to go plus 20 on this team. I mean, okay. They had a couple rough games. Right. They had a couple rough games, uh, but that's not I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and be like 20 points on Oregon right now. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah. They're good, but I wouldn't. Go. I mean, it's a it's a it's it's one of those games. It's like a rivalry type of game. And everyone always has their eye on this type of game. And, you know, the, the, it's always close to what people say. It's always close to what people say. So um, also just real, real quick. The under. Iowa, Minnesota is looking real juicy. It's under my 31 and a half points. 
Caleb, there's I, I feel like that's that's one people should be looking at. It's easy money. It's uh thirty one and a half is something. That's just it's, scary. I mean, I, both those offenses aren't great. I know, I know, but man, that's a scary bet. I wonder what 31. you would I wonder what the odds would be if you parlayed the money line with the under. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll get into, um, and lastly, we'll, we'll kick it off with some baseball. We talked some baseball. A lot of teams have been choking, uh, looking at, uh, the Dodgers and the D backs, uh, the Braves and the Phillies, uh, Astros defeated the twins, uh, Rangers, uh, get on top of, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. And right now, Alex, the Rangers got a 2-0 lead. Um, I know you're not going to jump in. I'll, I'll kind of monologue it here. Uh, Max Scherzer uh, against, you know, coming back uh, against this Houston Astro team, desperately trying to get on the board. Uh, I mean, look, this is a Texas Ranger team right now. I just wouldn't want to mess with. I mean, I just wouldn't. They're hitting the ball anytime they want to hit it. They're doing it against any type of pitching. I don't care where it's coming from. Left, right, I don't take sidearm, overhand, toss. I don't care. They're raking. Uh, the, this offense is doing exactly what they thought it was planning to do this offseason. Uh, I feel like it's going to be very difficult for them not to do that. Uh, I mean, you're. this is a series where I have a difficult time thinking that Texas won't capitalize on the 2 to nothing lead. Uh, I don't necessarily think there's a ton of future value here. Uh, nothing like that. And this is coming from someone that does have the Astros uh, at 12 to one. I'd like to kind of see them make this little, a uh, little bit of a pushback. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they've also, I mean, they're going to have to bang the trash can maybe to get back into this. Uh, next up, uh, we got the Phillies and the D backs. Uh, and, and look, I, I, I'll be honest. This series is done. This series is done. I'm throwing this in the can. I, I've seen wow. enough. I've seen enough of this. I mean, this is a great story from the D-backs. I mean, it is. And, I mean, probably what's going to happen, Alex, is they're going to sit here and they're going to win off two straight just because I said that. But, look, I mean, this Phillies team, I mean, they're on a different planet. They're they're really coming for revenge. They're, they, they don't want to lose again. They want to get back to that spotlight. They want that championship. I don't think they're going to take any game lightly. And I'm just not convinced that the Steve-backs team is just ready to make the jump that they need to make in order to beat the Phillies and then find a way to get back in the series, right? I mean, even if you beat them in the third game, it's tough for me to see how Philly doesn't take one in Arizona. They're just that hot. Um, that'd be my skepticism. I'm going to lean Phillies, Rangers. Give me a Phils. Give me a Phils. Give me a Phils to win it all. Uh, I don't really think there's a ton of value in that right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep rooting for my 30 to one ticket. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to keep doing for the Phillies. Uh, Alex, is there um, anything else that you want to uh, touch on? Well, you know, the Diamondbacks got to come back and win for Evan Longoria. You know, they got to, you know, he needs a chip before he retires. Um, in all seriousness, rooting for the Rangers um, because Marcus Simeon, you know, and also, they're the team that's up. If the Astros were up, I'd be cheering for them because they have Jose Abreu. Uh, <laughs> right. I am a front runner. I won't. I won't deny that. Um, I think the Phillies. Just something about them. It seems like they have just a lot of momentum. I think it's. It seems like their year, maybe. 
But then again, yeah, in baseball, yes. you can never tell. Sometimes like it's derailed in a single, you know, just a single instant. So mm-hmm. that's the beauty of baseball, man. It's just like a single little thing in one inning can cause an avalanche that totally shifts the momentum of a series. So it looks like it's going to be Phillies Rangers right now, but you can never count out, you know, especially the Astros. They've been here way too many times. You're right. For I don't think they're going to go out like sad. I think the Diamondbacks probably will. I think, you know, they to use a bright shaddy term, they're cute. But I think the Astros and Rangers, that'll probably still be a bloodbath and, you know, whoever wins deserves to make it to the World Series. So, yep. Not saying the Phillies don't, but, you know. Oh, I get it. Which, I get it to me. That'll conclude the pod uh, for us. Uh, please listen to our, uh, I can't emphasize this enough, our future pod. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's still plenty of relevance to it. Season's still not started yet. We're going to get into college basketball. Um Next week, very excited about that. I know Zach is like really excited about it. He he's uh trying to be more into the college basketball space, and this is an opportunity for him to kind of get that going. And uh, I hope you listeners can uh, can see that um, and and uh, look into the, some of those college bets with us. Um, it's a fun time of year. March is a great time of year, uh, and we're going to preview it. Uh, on the pod next week. So, Alex, once again, thank you for stepping up the last couple of weeks. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know you always produce, but uh, it's different to uh, be on the mic as opposed to to being yes. in the production side. It's, you know, it's been the biggest challenge of my life. Nothing in my life has been more challenging than this, but, you know, I'm glad I was able to uh, help the team coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 right there will include this podcast. The Running Hook Sports Betting Podcast with Caleb Lynn and Zach Griffith.